I believe that Mike Sullivan's going to lose his job? No, but only because I still can't believe what I'm witnessing. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Lightning 3, Penguins 1. Power play goes 0 for 5 and is now at 0 for 34 on the franchise worst streak that it's currently riding. Sullivan most certainly can't be accused of not trying different stuff in this particular event. I mean, all he was doing was mixing lines up, uh, putting left wingers on the right wing, doubling up centers on another line. He took both Yevgeny Malkin and Eric Carlson off the top power play. I have been critical of this coach for not doing enough to react to this crisis, really. From a sports perspective, this qualifies as a crisis. But not this time. I don't think there's anything he didn't try, aside from having maybe Tristan Jari slide up to the center point, since he's got one of the just 13 goals they've scored in their last eight games. One of them came from Jari, so maybe he should have gone with the hotter hand. I mean, I I don't know what else to say. The setting itself is, again, at a crisis level. I know the standings might not reflect that. I know it looks like if they just win two or three in a row, they're right back in the thick of things in the Metro, in the East, the whole deal. Just like the California trip. Remember that? It was the end of the world, and then they went out there and took care of the Sharks, Kings, and Ducks, and come back to Pittsburgh and win again and everything was just, see, all good now. Except that the one thing that never got anywhere near good was the power play. And there isn't some plan B around this, meaning a way to just kind of tiptoe around the problem or have something else compensate for it. No, no, this is the roster that was built. And... This roster, even though it's being proven wrong on a daily basis, should have not a good power play, not a very good one, but an elite one. Top three, top five at the absolute worst with all this talent. Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. In fact, there isn't even a sniff of it happening. And that can't continue. That can't continue if a good number of these players, the fringe guys, want to keep their jobs. And you'll notice they've all stopped scoring. So it feels a lot like last season. That can't happen for even the stars to stick together. This wasn't mapped out as being some sort of you know, final reunion tour or whatever the way a lot of bands have. End of the road tour was what Kiss called theirs. This was supposed to be a success. This was supposed to be at least a stab at success. 
It wasn't supposed to be a fall-on-the-face failure. That's what it is right now. That's what it is. So why would you commit further to any of the stars in terms of keeping them in Pittsburgh? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You certainly wouldn't have any great clamoring, I think, in the city. Oh, you have to keep them together at all costs. So-and-so has to have his 1,000th game or 1,000th point in a Pittsburgh sweater. Uh, No. No, not anymore. Not anymore. It's a wonderful achievement that all three of the core guys have had. And great. They did a ton here. Zero regrets. Massive, massive, massive accomplishment for them, for the franchise, for the city. Awesome. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. What's next? And I don't need to say, but I'm going to anyway, that the first individual, the first role that gets dispensed of in these scenarios is the head coach. This is the National Hockey League. Head coaches last like an average of, I think, a year and a half or something ridiculous like that. It's the shortest spans of any coaches slash managers in any major league sport. As soon as you see the team has quit or tuned out or can't get something solved, most GMs don't even think twice about it. You, coach, gone. And then they bring in either some retread or they go take over behind the bench themselves for a while. That's just hockey. That's only in hockey. And it is to Sullivan's inestimable credit that he has survived with one team, any team, as long as he has. But he has. And yet, it feels like it's easier than ever to criticize him. Maybe not at the forefront of it, but when I'm seeing that team last night out there on a five-on-three, late in the game, those of you who were still watching, then you probably know what I'm about to say. And I'm thinking, listen, even if I don't believe that I'm coming back, from a 3 nothing deficit, which is what the score was at the time, I've got to get a power play goal. I don't care if it's a 6-on-3. I really don't. I don't care if the other team turns around and fires it into their own net, like picks a corner past Andre Vasilevsky. Victor Hedman just loses his mind or gets possessed by demons. I'll take it. And nothing happened. Sullivan had a 5-on-3 with about three minutes left in a completely lost game and didn't pull Tristan Jari, didn't go for the extra attacker, didn't go for that six-on-three that I just mentioned. I, I, I don't even know what to do with that. What do you say five-on-three should be plenty? We'd rather ensure that our players have the full two minutes of that five-on-three. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that it didn't feel right. I just know that it didn't feel like to borrow that grossly overused, nonetheless appropriate hockey term. It didn't feel like desperation. And I don't understand that. I do understand moving all the different guys around. I do understand opening the third period with a two-headed monster plus Jake and the great shift that resulted in, I do understand sending messages 
through those types of moves to the rest of your team, to the rest of your coaching staff, and really to the rest of us. At this point, everybody's in on it. And the outside opinion can very much affect, as we've seen around here, decisions that get made. But I I don't get not going for the six on three. I don't get trying to end that power play streak that's hanging over everybody's heads right now like an anvil from a thread. I just don't. There's a lot of this that I don't get. But the one thing that's becoming clear, at least to me, is that it's not going to solve itself. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Gene, who says, DK, I saw Phil Kessel play last season. And he's not the 81 we remember, but given the power play issues and the lack of a bottom nine He's 81 worth a chance at this point. They have no AHLers and no fourth liners who matter. No, they don't. They really don't, Gene. And I saw Phil Kessel play last season as well. And he's not the 81 of old. And he wouldn't be much of an answer here, respectfully. In context, Phil when he was here, was actually the quarterback of the power play. Not a lot of people realize that. I did mention on the show the other day that neither Sidney Crosby nor Evgeny Malkin has ever truly excelled at the power play. They put up a lot of points because they have a lot of talent. And they've done that over the years, and that's to their credit. But when you're talking about specializing, is that the right word here? When you're talking about Doing things that are specific to being successful on the power play, I wouldn't put either of them in that category. Phil, on the other hand, would just eat teams alive. He'd come off that left half wall. You can just picture this in your head right now. He'd size up the net. The goaltender had to come out and respect him because he would actually shoot the puck once in a while. He would shoot it low. He would generate rebounds. Or... He'd slide that puck through the crease, through several sticks and skates onto the waiting blade of Sid at the far lip of the crease. There were times he would execute that thing so smoothly that it would almost feel almost unfair. Like, come on, man, we got to start changing the rules here. This is too easy, you know? That's, that's the level at which Phil excelled on this power play. Could he still do that? I mean, he'd still have to have all of the tools I just listed. And I don't believe that he does. I'm not 100% sure you're being serious here either, Gene. It's not that long ago that he was in the NHL since he was just part of the Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights, although he was a healthy scratch throughout the playoffs. But, you know, the first thing that goes is the speed. And if Phil doesn't have that speed, he's not going to have that jump off the boards. If he doesn't have that jump off the boards, he's not going to be the same dual threat. You get the idea. But I'm certainly open to ideas. And I would imagine, based on the deployment that Mike Sullivan had going for him last night in Tampa, that he's also open to ideas. Maybe, just maybe, that game was Sullivan's not-so-subtle way of saying, 
it's not me. I'm trying everything. I'm trying different players. I'm trying different ideas. I'm putting minor league guys on the top unit. I'm putting Hall of Famers on the second unit. I'm moving them around. I'm urging them to do what's the correct thing to do. It's not happening. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow night in sunrise, when the Panthers honor Patrick Hornquist for his retirement that was forced by concussion, if Sullivan just doesn't run across the rink and say, Horny, please come back, dude. You don't even have to, like, we'll fit you with some gigantic great gazoo helmet. You'll never have another concussion in your life. You know, one of those, you know what I'm talking about, those football things with all the black foam and pads around it to make you look like you've come to take over the planet? That. We'll get you one of those, Horny. You go stand in front of the net. You don't even have to score any goals. Just stand there and yell at your teammates to shoot the puck. Do that. But... That's not happening either. You want to know what really, really, really sucked about last night? It's not the loss. Losses in the standings are losses in the standings. You can live with them to an extent if you play well, if you're doing the right stuff. They didn't do any of that. The effort was lousy. The acknowledgement that the effort was lousy was also there from a lot of their main players. Taylor Haas, who covers the Penguins for us, she was in Tampa. She talked to Chris Letang. She talked to Evgeny Malkin, and they both acknowledged that. Letang told her, and I quote directly, there was no energy, no momentum, no push. End quote. Wow. You know, that's not me saying it. That's not you saying it. That's not somebody in, you know, D level shouting it after they've had a few drinks. That's coming right from Latang. Gino had this to say We should play better in the first period. Take the puck and play together. Play number one and not wait. Just play better in the first period. Don't wait so much. What could they possibly have been waiting for? What? I, I don't get this. I don't get any of this. I really don't. There's a lot of different things. I, I get that there are people that are simplifying this. People who follow the team closely and passionately, and it can be convenient to just put it all on one target or one facet of the team. As the power play is killing everything. Okay, yeah, the power play is killing everything, but the the results that you're getting on the power play are endemic of something else. This stuff that these guys are talking about wasn't the power play. You know, this was the whole operation. This was going about a half hour with three total shots on Andre Vasilevsky. That's not okay. That's not okay. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Going to do another one of these tomorrow. 